Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. G'day and welcome once again. I hope that um, these, this early start to 2020 is treating you kindly and that many of you are getting time at the beach or time water skiing or time with friends and family over January as we rest and recover, hopefully, and get ready for 2022. This is a really important time of year where you can set down a really strong operational plan and strategic plan to make the most of 2022 and really set your business up to achieve all that is possible in this new season. Make the most of this time, January, February, to make sure that your business plan, your operational plan, and that your family and farm teams are all, all aligned to a common plan. Take Control Program is something that we're promoting at the moment. And we believe, and I'm, the feedback we get is overwhelming about the quality of its training and the way in which it helps businesses like yours set down really strong strategic plans and then implement on them week on week, quarter on quarter. So in this podcast, I'm delighted to interview Ben Taylor, who went through the Take Control program and has applied the learnings the entrepreneurial training, the mindset training, the strategic planning, the team alignment and family alignment piece. It's had a major impact on him. It's had a major impact on his business and his team. And importantly, it's actually helped them achieve a stronger succession outcome for their family, which I think is absolutely incredible. Like Jack Owen in my last interview, Ben Taylor has applied these um, practices, these principles impeccably and is such a great example of what can be achieved if you actually put the CEO hat on and actually take control of your business and actually set down strategic plans to genuinely move your business forward. Enjoy this interview with Ben. Ben, thank you for your time. And I hope this serves as real inspiration for you as you set down foundations to make 2022 perhaps your best year yet. Thank you and enjoy. Ben is in southern Queensland and I think, I'm not sure exactly, is it third or fourth generation, Ben, but you're part of a sort of a, a, a scaled family farm and I can't wait for you to share your story. It's a, it's a different story but equally compelling. Um, ben and Kate did take control probably three or four years ago, Ben, and again, like Jack, the way in which Ben in particular has applied what he's learned and the impact it's had on his large family business is significant. So, Ben, thanks for your time from a holiday in Mooloolaba post-harvest. Oh, thanks, Hutch. Thanks for, thanks for asking me and including me. I feel, feel honoured, really. And so, yeah, hello, everyone. I was you uh, three years ago. And where were you? Three years ago, Ben, how do you describe uh, where you were? Yeah, like you said, Hutch, different to Jack, but I mean, every business has got their challenges, don't they? They're just they're different. So um, we had a family farm, being my my uh, younger brother, uh, my mum and dad, and uh, dad was a yeah third generation farmer. So it's my brother and I, fourth generation. Uh, we were re- really fortunate that we had a you know, really well-run technical farm. Dad's always been a, um, you know, very conscious of the way his farm's presented. Um, maintenance is key, crucial, you know, 
farming was done well and on time. So we've grown up in that environment. Uh, so where we were, I suppose our challenges, Hutch, were certainly managing the personalities. We were clashing a little bit, which I'm sure a lot of people will uh, resonate with. Um, I was, so to put it bluntly and quickly, I was one to, um, to cert- I certainly enjoyed being in the office. I realised that that, that was important for, for business, uh, including agriculture, to, to, to really have somebody in control there. My brother loves being out in the paddock. My dad's a, an ex-motor mechanic, similar to Jack. He did, did a trade and he's a motor mechanic, so that's important to him. So we all had very different skill sets and uh, we, we probably weren't managing that well. Uh, looking, you know, it's easy to say that now, Hutch, but in the moment we didn't know that. So that's certainly what we've got out of take control, yeah. Ben, how hard was that? Three strong personalities, probably all with very different views. Um, and you haven't even mentioned, you know, your mum and your and Kate. Everyone's opinions valid, but very different views. Lots of families are not aligned and and have different thoughts on what we should be doing and how we spend our time. I get a sense that that was your reality, right? Yeah. No, that was our reality, Hutch and. And my wife was was the in-law, so she was the passenger. Um, you know, certainly not one to rock the boat. Uh, and hence why we got on board. It was at a time where I've got a young family, a wife that I've been married to for, you know, 10, 12 years at the time. So it was her time to be more included in the business. My mum has certainly been very involved in the business technically. She loves driving tractors and and still speaks of it. So. Um, yeah, big personalities. It took, you know, the terminology, it takes a bus driver. So I, I put my hand up to be the bus driver. A lot of uncomfortable moments um, prior, you know, well prior to take control and Platinum Mastermind. I wish I had have taken on this journey far sooner um, because it certainly would have helped me be better prepared for the right time for uh, the big word succession and transition to occur. I think it's a really great tool to help people manage that. Um, and so, yeah. So, Jack, so, Ben, could you just give us a snapshot where you farm and, and what enterprises you run, just so that everyone's got that background as well? Yeah, so we uh, we farm on the Western Darling Downs. We're about an hour and a half west of Dolby, uh, two hours north of Gundawindi. Uh, we're a we're, we're dry land operation, broad acre. Um, so we grow wheat and chickpeas in, in winter and, and sorghum and cotton in summer. Uh, we have a small amount of, of irrigation that we tend to grow our cotton in. Um, yeah, we, we've, we're not a large scale by any means, but I've certainly come to realise, which again is a part of this journey, how fortunate we are to have what we have. Uh, you know, there's Jack being a champion, starting with nothing, and I, I was very lucky to have what I had. Probably wasn't aware of it fully, and now appreciate that a lot more, especially as our business has, has has become more successful. Yeah, I think like Jack, you launched into the tune in piece around mindset. How important is that gratitude piece, and and seeing what we have 
and appreciating it as as part of getting our mindset right. Yeah, massive. And and Jack and he spoke to it there. Take control of you is key. Uh, it's module number one for a reason. Uh, so whether that be physical, you know, your health and and um, and well being, and then getting your your mindset right. I mean, mindset's a word that we hear a lot now, and it gets thrown around. It can mean many different things to people. But I tell you what, once you start using and being aware of different language, um, and gratefulness is obviously the next one. There's so much that we can be grateful for. We're just not aware of it. And we're, all of us feel like we're hardly done by times, but we're all very privileged. And so to be able to, to be able to even have the conversations about, you know, a VHAG of, of what was Jack's of feeding a billion people or mine is, is a, you'll see it soon. You know, that's really, that's a privilege and we're very fortunate to be there. So I, I uh, certainly am more grateful for many, many things and it can be small, large, and I, um, they're popping into my mind every minute of the day because I catch myself being aware of it now. Awesome, Ben. Thank you. One of the mindset shifts I feel like we've seen you make, mate, is is from being a farmer to being a CEO of a, a, a growing farm business. And you made the decision to be the 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 driver of the bus and in the office and the CEO of the project, how big a mindset shift was it for you to go from, you know, I'm just a farmer to I'm the CEO of a farm business? Yeah. It's it's one I still actually challenge. I'm being challenged on even now, Hutch. Like, uh, yeah, so my per- personally I was always challenging um, my poor old dad and my mum in, in, in a lot of their and a lot of their technical thinking and their habitual ways, which is was never their fault. It's just the way it always was. So I was always challenging that. That created conflict at times, but we still always worked it out. I they obviously became aware of the importance of that through the support of of um, our network of support, whether it be an accountant, a financial advisor, a bank manager. They were they were certainly encouraging me and clarifying that with mum and dad, the importance of that. So I was fortunate that my mum and dad did did allow me to uh, to take control of the office. It was a big leap for them. It, it's easy to, to compare myself to my brother who's technically working, does the big hours on the tractor. I'm in the air-conditioned office, not seen as very important. That was a four- or five-year battle. Um I still battle with that a little bit right even now when I'm on, on holidays, Hutch, but I've learned to accept that that's the position I'm in and my family now know through our communication networks we have now that that's my job and, and Sam's and our workers' roles are, are um, you know, what they do and what they do best, so we're all comfortable now. But then... Um Jumping forward today, how aligned is your family? What is that communication rhythm that you have introduced based on what you've learned through Take Control? Um, And even would you mind sharing how succession has played out 
where, you know, that was a hard conversation three years ago, yeah? Yeah, really hard. And it's not going to be easy for the most. Um, so I suppose where we were at, um, so repeat, what was your first question, Arch? Because I come to succession last. What was Yeah, that's right. So, so, so just, just where are you at today in terms of how aligned your family is compared to where you were? Yeah. So I suppose the first thing I'd say to that is, which I spoke to there before, um, ourselves being grateful and aware of what we actually currently have. So that was a big step for um, my mum and dad. So they are now very comfortable and are happy with where they're at and what they have. Um, so they're retired. So they've exited the business. Um, they're now far more comfortable with their financial position. Uh, my brother, which, you know, we used to lock horns with as a family, now feels very comfortable knowing that he he's an important person in the technical farming side of the business. Um, he loves operating machinery. That's what he does best. And so as a result of clarifying our roles and understanding our roles and, again, putting it on paper, making it formal and speaking to it uh, has helped us just, uh, you know, mesh together as a family so much better. And as, as a result, business decisions are made with more less emotions, more clarity. Um, you know, we could go about our day-to-day business more simplistically because, you know, we, we meet, we don't meet every Monday, but we meet most Mondays when we can for a, for a, for a, for a weekly review, a weekly meeting to sort out the week. Um, yeah, so there's a lot more uh, harmony, harmonious, just, you know, harmony, I should say, sorry, yeah. in the family as a result. And we're all very happy and very lucky. Yeah, brilliant, mate. And you know, we recommend that two-day planning retreat off-farm. We recommend a quarterly planning day. We recommend weekly meetings, as you've just touched on, and then even a daily rhythm to launch your day and to make sure we're making the most of our time and implementing on, you know, our clarity action plan. How much of an impact has a communication rhythm across the year like that had in aligning your family to a common goal? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's it's crucial. It's everything about a good, strong business. You know, communication is where everything breaks down. If we're not communicating, people are bitter and twisted. If they're not right now, they're going to be in a week's time, an hour's time, a year's time or 10 years' time. Um, and, 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 and join that up with planning then... You know, if you're doing a lack of planning and a lack of communication, then it's a, it's a recipe for disaster. So the importance of it uh, to create clarity, Hutch, is is critical. And and um, and you know, we're not perfect. I'm not painting a perfect picture here. It's something that we chip away at and work our way at all the time. It needs to be frequent. You can't park it. You can't learn this on a 12 week take control program. And park it, you know, it's got to be become a habit, which Jack spoke to there before about his morning routine. Um, yeah, the importance of that is, is critical. And not everyone's going to be on board at, at first. Um, so 
as the bus driver, I had to create a way to to get people on board. Um, our meetings won't be like other families' meetings. They, they will be different because I know the personalities within our business. So I have to manage that and that's my job and I've learned to accept that. It may not be exactly how I want it to play out, but it's the way it needs to play out for the, for the better of the business. And to your credit, you and Kate just launched in and got on this journey um, at a time probably when you know, your brother and your mum and dad might not have thought that that was the best idea, but they came on board over time um, as they saw you take action. And, you know, I love that construct that action speaks louder than words. And, you know, the rest in that is history then. You, you led by example and, and when your other family members were ready to lean in and get on board, they got on board. Um, how much did, you know, these constructs that we're talking about impact making succession achievable for you? Yeah. So now a lot of learnings from, um, so we, we, I suppose we joined up at a time when that was certainly in our minds about the future for, for my wife and for Kate and the kids and Sam. Um, the Platinum Mastermind probably course helped me progress through that a lot more uh it you know i've only just been talking to i talk a lot about this touch with people because i've been through it and um and people are always are always wanting to ask the questions and it comes you know it's not all it's i, I made it about my mum and dad i didn't make it about me so um they, as much as they would not agree with that, I had the vision that, and the view that that this was important for the legacy that they had created and we had to make it work. And so I had to park, and I, I had to park the below-the-line mentality and mindset of, oh, I want this now and I want this for me. Never going to happen. We're going to lock horns with way too many people. So... You've got to consider others, Hutch, don't you? And then, and then gratefulness. That's you've got to make people aware. You know, others have got to be grateful. I've spoken to you about this before. I speak to others. The older generation has got to be grateful for the younger generation that's committed their time to their family farming business. Now, they did that because they wanted to, but um, I think I think gratefulness is a two way street when it comes to. Succession. I like to call it. I like to call it transition. Much. I don't. That's my new word. I don't use succession anymore. So I think transition needs to be a two-way street. Of gratefulness. Yeah. I love it, mate. And I love that you. I, that negotiation training that I've done, and I think I've shared, talks about you've got to create a win for the other person and put them first, and then you get a win as an outcome and you know i think if we can go into succession caring deeply for the older generation and their well-being and you know giving them what they want then that opens up a completely different dynamic to how succession can unfold so you know i think there's a real responsibility in the younger generation to turn up to succession um in that mindset rather than the other mindset which is how i think most do turn up to it so thanks for sharing that that's perfect Ben, um, you've also introduced a lot of sisters. So there's take control of you, there's take control of your business, which is the planning, and there's take control of your systems and then take control of your team. 
You've also done a lot of work on getting systems into your business, org charts, job descriptions, um, performance reviews, you know, all the good governance practice that good business has. Um, did Take Control help you getting all that in play and then, you know, building out your team around those systems? Yeah, absolutely. That's um, the only reason why we started that and it started small. Um, I think the first lot of systems that we created was around uh, was around Phoenix payroll. And so Kate was learning how because she became more dad had always done the books and then I I had taken them over. And uh, yeah, Kate was was now helping me spending a lot more time in the office. So we created the systems around payroll. And then the next thing we had is systems around um, you know how to pay super. Next thing we had a, a system around um, how to when and and how to pay um, our lease agreements. We've got a system around. We've got technical systems around planning, summer planning setups, winter planning setups. Um, they're all posted on Slack Touch as a result of using FOA. We we have our own Slack account, which is a those that don't know, it's a, a communication uh, network similar to Messenger, but much more elaborate. So we have different channels, um, a lot of information stored in there. It just grows. I mean, I, I've still got a lot of work to do on creating systems, um, like as in probably more strategic, bigger picture systems for the for the worst case scenario. If I was to fall off the perch, perhaps I, I've got a a yearly a yearly chart that not only outlines technical technical um, operations, but Certainly, all the things I do in my office, which is around a lot of a lot of Excel spreadsheets um, that I do monthly. So I have a system. I have a list of once I do my book entries of everything that needs to happen um, during the book entry process, um, whether that be grain inventory, um, records for endpoint royalties, a statement of a position update. There's a list there. I can't think of them all off the top of my head, but that's that's been created and put in a little folder. Yeah, amazing to hear, Ben. And how much more certainty do you have about how you can expand from here with with mindset, planning, family aligned, systems in place, an aligned family and business team? How much more confident are you to buy the next block or to lease the next farm and grow? Yeah, oh, such a good question, Arch, because that was a huge development for us. So I, I was guilty myself of, of um, yeah, below the line, negative mindset beliefs around where our business was. Um, I mean, sure, we've all got uh, capital gain in the last 12, 24 months to thank for our far better balance sheet. But, um, yeah, when it comes to... When it comes down to creating all those Excel spreadsheets and truly understanding your numbers, I uh, and then communicating that with people, putting that on paper, making others aware of you around that. I actually knew that, and I would communicate that with my mum and dad at at irregular meetings with prior to us taking on take control. It was easy for them to quickly, you know, get into the poor me syndrome when a bad season had come about, but. If you actually go back and look at the bigger picture of where our 
what our balance sheet looks like. This is one bad season. It's not going to affect the, you know, the future of our farm. We've got a good bank manager. I've got a good, you know, relationship with them. So there's no need to get waste any time and energy on that. I mean, of course, that's always in the back of your mind, but how much time you focus on that uh, becomes less and less the greater you understand your business. And certainly the benchmark review, I mean, we did a benchmark with the top producer course. That was interesting. Keep in mind, we signed up on the top producer course, like many others, you know, in the in the worst throughout yes. history. Um, I did not have $65,000 to pay for a Platinum Mastermind course to, to you know, to as the next next step but we decided it was the best thing that we could have done and and it was so you know when that benchmark review came about it wasn't pretty it was horrible but our uh, our profit margins i didn't even know what profit margin was so it it was a big red number um our equity position was okay it wasn't great but it was it's actually i lie it was I knew our equity position. I was worried about what Greg was going to say about it. Um, well, I thought I knew what he was going to say about it, but I was completely wrong. And um, so all of a sudden, having all that data entered in, getting a, uh, a view from a, a man as knowledgeable as Greg and a review from him, it was it was a huge shift for us. Um Massive, and and that just comes down to knowing, knowing, knowing your data and knowing your numbers and understanding it and getting the help from the right people. So you've touched on the Platinum Mastermind program and and that benchmarking and the debrief. Um, since take control, you know, what would you say about how the Platinum Mastermind program has supported your journey beyond take control, Ben? Yeah, well, um, I mean it's. I mean, I just tuned into one of your one of your growth sessions there before. There's just there's always a learning. So how it, it, I suppose it constantly keeps you in that the, the right headspace because, like I say, on these short courses that you can do, it's very easy to set and forget, I suppose. But the frequency of of the the dealings that we have through the Platinum Mastermind over a three-year program, you know, monthly, quarterly, every day on Slack, uh, you know, whether it be a newsletter from FOA with a with a great story on one of the Platinum Mastermind members, um, whether it be a gift that they send because they're generous people, it might be a book, you know. Um, I've actually had to give myself a, book, a break from self-help books. I need to just read a good old-fashioned fiction book, actually. Uh, um, so, yeah, the frequency is really crucial. Learning, like I say, with with the succession planning process, not our whole family doesn't sit down and watch the modules. Our whole family didn't do the take control course. It was just Kate and I. That frustrated me, but I then learned to accept it, and then learned to onboard it. I suppose you know, learned to 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 get people. 
and and again, I'm making it sound easy, and I'm, I'm and I'm some sort of guru. I'm not. I've got to make. I've got to work hard at this, and I can quickly get frustrated at times and at my family members, etc. But I then mentally go, oh, that's where my headspace is at. I rein myself back in, and I I become aware that that's where I'm heading, and it's not going to help. Two things, Ben. You've just been such a fantastic contributor to that mastermind community. Um, Thank you for that. But also, um, yeah, it speaks to Jack's point that if things aren't going how we want them out there um, with family or within the business or whatever, the first thing that has to change is me, isn't it? And, you know, you speak to that again. I think it's a nice theme to see continue through the discussion. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm certainly guilty of being hard on myself at times, Hutch, but uh, um, I think that's just the personality type of the, of the bus driver, I suppose. You know, we expect perfection. Yeah. And, uh, again, I have to not expect that from all team members. I have to let go sometimes. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hell of a journey and I think, you know, anyone... I mean, you're in a great place here, people, with the Take Control course because it's a it's a really good um, starter. And some may come away thinking, you know, some may come away may have businesses that that can have, you know, that 12 week program is enough. But uh, geez, I tell you what, one, doing the Platinum Mastermind course once you've done the Take Control course certainly uh, makes that process a lot easier. It can be overwhelming. There is a lot to take on. And uh, like Jack says, Rome was, wasn't built overnight. It's, it, you've got to just relax and, 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 and just take little steps at a time, little, little goals, little, you know, even if we, when we go through the cap there, it doesn't have to be a massive big goal that we're all of a sudden going to go out and target. To get people on board, if you've got a group of family members that only want to be in the cattle yards or the sheep yards will start by setting a goal based around the new gate or the new drafting system and then and then evolve that at the next meeting into something that's less technical and and more strategic. And uh, yeah, that would be probably a bit of advice. Yeah. And it speaks to a book that I love, The Art of what it's, How to Win friends and influence people. And I guess we've just got to learn how to influence change and drive change with the personalities that we have around our business. And, Ben, you've done that so well. Mate, I'm mindful of time and that you're on holiday and your family's um, arriving, yeah. arriving back for lunch. Do you have time to share your cap? Yeah, I sure do, Hutch. Yeah, if everyone feels like pushing through, I'm happy to share it. So I'm going to hand over you just to just to work right through it, mate, and we've just got a few questions coming through, so we can go to those after you've done that. Sure. Um, I'll go to the right page. So um, this, oh, well, I won't go there, Hutch. I'll go straight to here where Jacko was. So, yep. again, just like Jack, this has evolved. So we've got extra tabs down here now. You'll need to click um, share, Ben. I'll have a quick share. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'll click share. There we go. Sorry. How about now? Well done. That's perfect. 
Okay, well done, mate. Um, yeah, this is cap number uh, from memory, might be 12 or 13. Um, Oh, at least. So, so like I said before, we actually revisit this every quarter. Um, we use it as our mechanism and a tool to, to structure our meetings around every quarter. Um, similar to Jack, company standards have changed. They're similar. Uh, we've just got, we just, we went away from sentences to just really simple points because our, I haven't done it yet, but our thinking is that we want to, you know, possibly place these company standards around sheds or, you know, maybe a sticker in a tractor cab or something just to remind people who we are and what we're about and there's a, there's a more descriptive outline on another page that I won't share. But our core focus, so, yeah, obviously that's something was to go through them. People, growth, pride, positivity, that's important to us. That's what we've come up with. That'll be different for each people, each business, but that's where we're at. Core focus, this actually hasn't changed too much, Dutch. We we came up with this one and and we're happy to stick with it, produce high-quality, top-yielding commodities in an innovative and passionate approach. That's certainly who we are and what we're about. Um, our 10-year goal a couple of things there. Uh, ten-year goal. So basically, we're we're doubling our business in the next ten years. Again, I, I actually struggle with this a little bit because, which most people will now. There's a lot of ifs here. So this is, I'm actually have become quite content with what we've got now. I realise that now through through what we have learned. But in saying that, if I've got kids coming home, um that are wanting to aspire to push the family business harder, then I'm happy to to go at to, to do participate that with them. So this is where we're at. Um, KPI 50% net profit ratio, that's a really important number for me, even here and now. Now I would never have thought, well, like I said, I didn't even know what a net profit ratio was until two or three years ago. Um, so that's obviously keeping 50% of your income as profit of your revenue as profit. Um, if people think that that's a impossible, I can understand where you're at. But last year we made 42% net profit ratio. Uh, in 2019, when we first did this, we had a negative 16% profit ratio. So and this, is a ten, this is a 10-year goal and with technology and automation and all that's coming for us over the next 10 years, why not set that as a stretch target? Yeah, absolutely. And what, what, what reassured it for me was um, I think Greg mentioned in, in, a, in one of his sessions, he mentioned that the top 5% will target a 50% net profit ratio. So I like the idea of being a top 5% producer, so hence that figure. Um, equity 75%, that's comfortable for us. Um, I mean, to be honest, you know, obviously if we were going to make more, uh, borrow more money, depending on the size, we'd be comfortable to drop to 50% equity. But I like the idea of sitting at 75, 80% for our business and our profitability. Return on assets managed is just year on year, consistent, 10% again. Greg's throwing that number around in some of his sessions. If you're targeting that number year on year, whether you're in a 
red hot season or a drought, if you can average a number something like that, you're a top 5% producer. So some years we might produce 16%, some years we might produce 3 or 4 Again, in 2019, we were a negative one, I think, from memory, which I spoke to before, highlighted to Greg and ourselves that actually if we can survive a year like that and still we made $90,000 that year, he said, you've done well, you've done really well and um, you're actually kicking a lot of goals and so that was a big shift for us, which I spoke to before, a BHAG, Touch mine for the time. So Kalara is our home block um, from Kalara to Condamine. There's a few neighbours that may be online that might not like to hear that, but it's a big goal. It's uh, do I have to have it again? Come out with these ten year goals. I'm not going to lose sleep if I don't have it. If it eventuates, great. But I think it's it's the uh, the process that you're going through right here and right now to possibly achieve that. Because to achieve that, you can't be average. That to achieve that, you've got to be better than average. And um, and so that is what drives me to be a top 5% producer and the best in the game. So hence that one, Hutch. Well done. And why not? You know, yeah. why play to the average? Yeah, that's, yeah. Awesome. that's awesome, Ben. Um. I love the three-year goals, Ben, just, again, how measurable and how actionable they are um, as a yeah. three-year goals there on the right. Yes. I'm just sorry, I'm struggling with my little mouse here. So three-year goals, well, bang, there they are there, a few measurables, um, some nice average figures. So whenever I do budgets, I use average figures. They're actually not... You know, they're not far-fetched numbers. That's pretty well our average. Um, it's slightly above because obviously you want to target more. So, I'm, you know, week this year, I mean, I've hit that this year. So I re- we did this in September. I mean, we're yeah, fortunate that we're selling wheat for $430 a tonne. Well, not quite now, not right now, but it's a better average than that much. Yeah. I, and, and more yield. So... And congratulations uh, on a record harvest, mate. It's just amazing to hear that you've had that and a real credit to you. Uh, very lucky, Hutch. Um, and, yeah, what does it look like? This can be different for everyone. So for the next three years, I'm I'm, tar- I'm wanting to target a minimum 40% net profit ratio, 80% equity. Well, we're already there. Um, I do want some farm scale increase in the next three years. If I don't get it, I don't have to, I'm not worried about it. I used to lose sleep over it. I used to spend a lot of time getting frustrated about not owning a block or two around me. I don't anymore. Um, and I could speak to that for a long time as to why that's occurred. But strong team with, um, with our full, you know, it's important for me to have obviously the right work environment and the right employees. It's critical for that, for, for us to be a top 5% producing. Um, organisation, we need the right people. Um, the next three years, farm valuation of that, farm loans are sitting at about that. Uh, for now, I've, I've come to a real focus for us is off-farm investments, um, so building off-farm wealth. Um, probably been lucky that that, that that 
that that has been a little bit of a habit in our family anyway. So it's not new to us. But now that mum and dad are fully retired, we're really focusing on our own business. And it's not in this, it's in this cap here, but not highlighted here. We're actually creating a, uh, a company portfolio as well, which is one of our strategic, I suppose, Hutch might be a good time to go to a different page, which is our sort of Sorry, Hutch, if you want to ask something, butt in, mate. I'm just mindful of time for you as well. I'm happy, mate. Just keep keep moving through this. I think it's just, again, another perfect example. Um, building off um, wealth for which you'll see here is number two here um, in the 12-month goal. So our 12-month goal was to create a company, oh, well, yeah, a Kalara Farming Investment Portfolio We've sort of been doing this anyway, some years insuring crops, some years not, and directing those funds to our private share portfolio, probably more mum and dad's than ours. But now I'm, I've just created, as of a month ago, a Kalara farming portfolio as um, as cover for hail insurance or, you know, a step in to pay stamp duty on a property purchase or it might be to... Um, you know, it might be to buy an aeroplane for my for my <laughs> for my life goal of of flying. It, it's just those sort of it's just a security blanket for the business, I suppose. Um, but we're in the game of managing risk, and it seems like that's a significant part in your risk management strategy. Is having that buffer through that portfolio, Ben? It's 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 a masterstroke. Yeah, definitely, Hatch. Yeah, at the risk of waffling on, it is definitely my thinking. Um, and again, that was you know, doesn't money doesn't have to be tied up in land in farms. You know, that, that I suppose that's a shift for us. Um, we, there's a lot of really successful businesses out there already. I know that that have got significant share portfolios. So, well done to them. Um, there's many that don't. So we've made that shift to really focus some free cash flow into that um, over the last sort of three to four years and from my mum and dad's retirement. And, uh, well, that's been a longer process than that, obviously. But, yeah, yeah, we've become aware of the importance of that Hutch through the transition process. And so our goal is, as our current family, is is to create more than enough off-farm wealth now while we're young um, makes a lot of sense that people don't apply it for retirement so that when that transition phase occurs for the next generation, it's just a whole lot more simple. Yep. Um, that, that's, yeah. I mean, that's brilliant that you're getting into that so early. And, you know, it speaks to where your focus is as a CEO now, Ben. A lot of this thinking can't happen in the paddock or in the tractor. But now that you've freed up time to focus on the bigger, higher-value priorities for your family, Look what's turning up and look what you're creating. It's amazing. Yeah, and I suppose that's another thing out of the say control much is the stop doing list. Mm. That's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, great point, so, Ben. So I wrote down all the things I did and I wrote down all the things I needed to stop doing. And um, that then comes down to your org chart, who's going to do that um, role. So that's it's a process that you go through through take control. Um yeah, Hatch, that, that's, that's, that's awesome, mate. That's awesome. Um, 
So that's a great place to start for people. If this looks overwhelming, again, this has taken Ben 11 iterations or more to get to, and I think it's just such a great example, again, of a really strong clarity action plan and a really strong disciplined approach to communicate and implement as a family. Um, but a great place to start is that stop doing list. What are all the things, having seen what Jack and Ben have shared, that you need to stop doing so you can free up time to be focused on higher payoff tasks? It's a great point, Ben. Um, your third page is, oh, here we go. Yeah, this is your third page. This is getting down to. Um, um, okay, so that's just the 90 Day Rocks Cut page three, which is just allocating, um, you know, the jobs that need to be done for the quarter hutch. Great. Pro I probably, probably, yeah, and everyone, depending on the stage of your business, everything's different. You know, everyone's different. Some of these might be really technical. Well, we try not to keep these too technical, but, you know, if it's property development, it gets thrown in here. You know, Kate, one of Kate's jobs is on getting on board with the Safe Ag Systems app. She's done that. That's not where need some businesses don't need to be at that point right now, but that's where we are. So hence why it's there. But this, this one might be interesting for you, Hutch. I'm or for others. I mean, these two pages. I my list is a, this is a work in progress. My list is a little bit bigger than Kate's and Sam's, but this is a ten-year goal list that we've created for Clara Farming. Um, hopefully there isn't any neighbours there because there's a few names there. But um, that I think much through this whole process, when like Jack spoke to, it starts with you. And if we're going to speak to transition, I think what's crucial is people actually asking themselves what it is they want. Um, it just has to start there. It may not make sense to you, but it has to start there. And so if I click over to this, which is what my wife and I require and want and what. And another great takeaway from one of you guys, I can't remember which one it was, but our business, whether it be a bakery or a farm or whatever it is, but to me our business is a tool to provide the life that I want. So yeah. it. That, that that could polarise some people and when I brought that up with my mum and dad at transition succession meetings, it did. It didn't sit, sit well with them. But then when you sort of highlight to them, well, you know, it's important for me that I'm with my kids at the school carnival. It's important for me to take them on two weeks holiday. I never went on two weeks holiday as a kid. We just worked and I loved it. We, we enjoyed it. But... Um, that's a mindset shift for me, significant one to to really um, to really probably to to I suppose just um, enjoy the life a little bit more, just slow down and relax, and actually make sure that you're enjoying the journey and not just be very much stuck in the grind um, of day to day chores. It, there's a mindset shift and a myth that we're busting in agriculture. I think Ben that you know it's not the hardest it's not the hardest working person that wins. You know, business is an intellectual sport, and businesses are just vehicles to get you from where you are to where you want to go. And the clearer you can be on what it is that you want to achieve in your lives personally, 
the more able you're, um, the more you are able to set down a really clear strategic plan to help you get that done. So it's wonderful that you've extended the cap with a few extra sections to really go deep into what your life goals are and what you guys want to achieve, each of you, through successful business practice. But, mate, I'm really grateful that you're willing to share this so openly with us as well. Oh, no problems, Hutch. Yeah, happy to. And, and yeah, I, I think yeah, I think it's important to that was one, you know, this some of this stuff isn't for everyone. So if you've got people in your business that are literally happy to just be on the farm all the time, well, that's great. But as long as they're aware of where, of where you're at and what you want, and the sooner that that um, information is out on the table and made clear, then, you know, the better it is for your business, the sooner you're going to be able to accept that, deal with that, um, understand why some decisions are made by some personalities within your business. Yeah. Um, you know, it comes down to that stop doing list or the good, what you're good at, what you're not good at, Hutch, and, you know, that, that process is a cracker, I think, you know, uh, writing down all the things that you currently do, ticking off what you actually want to do, ticking off what you don't, what you're not very good at and don't want to do, and then finding the people in your team or outside of your team. Like you don't have to do your books. It doesn't cost that much money to give someone else the opportunity to do your books. You know, if you don't like doing it, then it's not going to be done well. So outsource it and you're just one less job that you're going to have on your mind, isn't it? And you, it, it's, yeah. Thanks, Ben. So I'm going to ask you to stop sharing and just I might ask everyone just to go to gallery view so you can kind of click up top right and go to gallery view. It just allows us to round out the conversation. Um, some comments and some questions coming through, guys, if I can just ask you to give us a couple more minutes. So, Jack, if you'd come off mute as well. Dom, thanks for your comment. He's just said this would be the single best coaching call I've been on. Thanks to Jack and Ben for sharing so much. So <laughs> thanks, Dom, for that feedback. Um, equally, Scott and Ainsley said, great to know, Jack, that you did it on your own. That's where I'm at in our family farming business too, and I'm really struggling with it. Um, Scott and Ainsley also asked a question, were all your family on board by the time you got to the Platinum Mastermind program? So, Ben, I think that's a question for you. So let's just bust that up. Firstly, Jack, Scott and Ainsley, I'd love to know what the key takeaways are for you based on what Jack shared. So if you type that in, that would be great. Ben, a question for you. Were all your family members on board by the time you got to the Platinum Mastermind program? Or did that coming on board happen after take control? Uh, uh, yeah, that came on after take control. Uh, so Kate and I, my wife and I did the take control program. Um, my brother, my mum and dad did not. My brother, um, Sam, Kate and I do the Platinum Mastermind course. My mum and dad still do not um, and don't. It's just a timing thing. It wasn't. It was not something that they, at the stage of their life that they were going to do um, or probably needed to do. We were sort of in the process of transitioning and success, you know, succession at that point. So, no, they weren't. Interestingly, I, I get, yeah, my brother, 
is um, he's not participating in the course as diligently as Kate and I. He doesn't watch every growth session. He doesn't watch every every call. He certainly um, he still he comes to the deep dives. He gets a lot out of those um, those seminars. But he's on board just through purely through the process of the of the learnings from Kate and I and the importance of meetings and communication. Uh, and he can see that and understand that the, the the all charts and the acceptance of what it is that we want in our life and why. So he's on board with that, but he's certainly not as um, passionate as what say I am about completing the course and that and that probably would be pretty similar story amongst a lot of other families I'd imagine Hutch that you can't get everyone on board but I think someone has to some yeah someone needs now I'll be honest I, I, I had a conversation with dad at a heated time where he questioned this I, I, I'd signed up for it I was running the course so what's this bloody course that you're damn well doing you know $1,650 it's bloody ridiculous and I said, well, Dad, um, I never went to uni because you encouraged me to stay at home. Um, this is my uni degree. So I just, I put it to him bluntly. And, and you know what he did? Huh. Well, that's fair enough. I, I accept that. So, yeah. Um, don't, I, would, I, think, I suppose you're coming from a place where you're probably struggling to get everyone on board. But uh, I suppose my advice to you is if, if you could, you can um, find a way to 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 com- commit the funds from the business and just have you rock up to the course. If it's just you, that's better than no one. By mine. Take action. Action speaks louder than words. Just to take action, and others will come along for the ride in their own time. And there you have it, ladies and gents. A second cracking interview with an incredible farming family. To Ben Taylor, thank you so much for your openness and your willingness to share your take control journey. It's amazing to hear how you have led that change, Ben, but also how your family has come on board um, along the way and the impact that's had on your farm business success how effectively you work together and even succession. Mate, thank you so much for sharing. Um, And in my previous podcast, again, as part of this two-part series, um, Jack Owen, well done. So to anyone of you who's interested to learn more about our Take Control program and how you and your family can enjoy the sort of results that both Jack and Ben now enjoy, Um, there is a link in our intro to this podcast. Please feel free to click on that, contact us with questions. We'd love to speak to you about how Farm Owners Academy can support your journey and help you create the sort of change that we see Jack and Ben and so many other incredible entrepreneurs and farming families achieving. Thanks again, Ben. Take care, everyone, and bye for now. Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. In this episode of the Profitable Farmer Podcast, we take an excerpt from an internal webinar we ran last month with one of our Farm Owner Academy clients. Please know that this is 
a recording of that webinar in which 